Holman, why are you glowing? What's going on with you? What I know you were just in, uh, having a vacation, and now you're yeah, back. Yeah, that's not and, it. Okay. Vacation was great. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But, dude, check this out. Nissan? Yeah. Our presenting sponsor? Sure. I'm pretty sure that they're getting the, uh, the best end of the deal. <laughs> Based on what? Not our crappy show. Yes. They are? Okay. How so? All right. Ever since Nissan signed on to be our presenting sponsor, I keep seeing more and more Nissan Titans in the wild, right? Like driving down the freeway, boom, Nissan Titan. Driving down side street, boom, Nissan Titan. Catalina Island, Nissan Titan. There's at least one there. I saw it, right? Wait a minute. So you extrapolate that yes. you are seeing more Nissans on the road. Yes. And we're responsible. Yes. <laughs> from my perspective, there is a- What makes you think that we, that they hear, they listen to us? Because from my perspective, uh-huh. A, our show is growing like crazy. Sure. we got like 25 emails this week. Okay. But the other end of it is I am able to correlate and extrapolate the <laughs> fact that I am seeing way more Nissan Titans in the, uh, in the wild. Since they signed on as a presenting sponsor. You're using some big words. I must- Use a dictionary? (laughs) (laughs) I must believe what you're saying. It must be that five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I think that people want to be different. They're seeing a lot of the other brands out there, and they go and they're listening to us. See, I'm going with you here. Okay. They're listening to us, and they're going to their Nissan dealer, and they're going, this is a lot more truck than I had expected. And on that note, let's start the show. Yeah, let's do it! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. I'm Lightning, he's Holman, and you you look refreshed, dude. Hey, thanks. I mean, you're kind of, you got you got some tan going on from Catalina. Dude, it was awesome. Took my mountain bike. I did like a 22-mile ride with like 3,000 feet of elevation gain. Was it just you or you're the family the or whole what? Fa- whole family went, went out there, and I always bring my mountain bike with me. And so Avalon is at sea level, right? That's the little town in, in, uh, in Catalina. They have an airport there, and the airport is literally the top of a mountain that's been cut off, and it's about- Scary s- to land, from what I understand. 1,600 feet of elevation. It's a 3,000-foot runway. What's interesting about it is about halfway down the runway, there's a big um, bump in the middle. So it's like you go uphill, and then you go downhill. Yeah, I, I actually have landed okay. there before, and you-, you, you had like your buffalo burger at the airport? I did, yes. So this is what's crazy. So I was riding my mountain bike, like 3,000 feet of elevation gain to go from Avalon to the airport. It's a 22-mile round trip, depending on where you start. And I always bring my mountain bike to do it because it's it's crazy. And I'm Strava. I looked at my effort. It's like historic. And I'm like, I'd only seen <laughs> massive before. I'm like, yeah, I did historic, dude. It was a total ass kicker. I'm going up out of Avalon on the stagecoach road to the airport road. And I get passed by like 25 emergency vehicles. Uh-oh. Plane crashed. Oh, no. Yeah. So on my way in the middle of my bike ride, here come the lifeguards. Here comes Sheriff Search and Rescue. Here comes all the brush trucks. Here come, you know, uh, the unmarked cars. Here come the Santa Catalina Island Rangers, like the cavalry. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, if there's a fire, I better get back because I'm not out running a fire on the so, island of yeah, my Yeah, at this point, you don't know what had happened. Yeah, and I, I saw every cool emergency responder vehicle <laughs> on the island. But I get to the top, no smoke or anything. And so I'm like, all right, keep riding. Somebody came back and said, hey, where are you headed? I said, I'm headed to the airport. And they said, well, we just had a plane crash. And it uh, turns out, uh, looks like they were doing a touch and go or they aborted the takeoff. And then came around again, 
and then didn't break enough and went right off the edge. Well, when you go off the edge of the runway, it's like a 250-foot yeah. drop. So three people got airlifted out of there, no fatalities, um, but just crazy because I'm just on my bike ride, you know, and it's like, whoa, you know, all this yeah, stuff's that happening. Yeah, that is crazy. So uh, Catalina Island is a, uh, what is it, a 20-mile long island, and it's- Yeah, it's, tw- 22 miles long, it's 26 miles off off the California coast. And a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people who, you know, if you come to Southern California, you do the, you know, the Hollywood thing. Yeah, Disneyland. Beach, all that yeah. stuff. Most people don't take the time or even know that there is an island 25 miles off, and it's kind of like a- it's the same weather, of course. It's not like you know you're going to the Mediterranean, but it does. No. It's it looks like a Mediterranean yeah, island. Yeah, it's got a little vibe. It's cool. It's, it's uh, the town's called Avalon. So check out uh, Santa Catalina Island on Google or whatever, and it's a great place to go for a week. Totally relaxing and, and just a fun place to but be. But don't fly in because he's oh not just, like it is. It's freaky to fly it's a in. Gnarly airport. You, what you do is you leave out of Long Beach, and there's a one-hour uh, boat ride. Yeah, and it goes. It's a hydrofoil, and it, it, it's. It, I guess that Cameron. one's only. What is it? Is it a cat- catamaran? catamaran? Yeah, catamaran. Okay. I thought it was a hydrofoil. Nope. What's the difference between a hydrofoil and uh, a catamaran? catamaran is a double hole, and a hydrofoil is the one that flies up, like lifts out of the water where it's just on like the skids. They had one of those. Oh, uh, maybe a long time ago. Everything's oh, okay. basically a cat now. Gotcha. And so, so do that if you get over here. Yeah. You gotta, but you gotta, you got, you should stay in the night because there's a couple cool little bars there, and the locals are like toothless and freaky. <laughs> you know, they're a little more upscale than that. I now. guess they are now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're they're renovating a bunch of the old hotels. It's got a cool old town vibe. And but if you go there, you guys might be wondering, oh, what does this have to do with trucks? It's fascinating. There's like a 30 year wait or something to get a car because there's only a certain amount of cars that are allowed on the island because the town of Avalon's only it's a square mile. It's just too small, right? Yeah, and there's all sorts of weird stuff there. I saw like a, a late 60s C10 4x4. There's an old GMC van that's from probably the mid 60s that's there. Uh, I saw a Nissan Titan that was there. Of really? Course. Yeah. Then you have all the, the sheriff's drive Jeep Wranglers and the lifeguards have F 150s and F 250s and there's brush trucks and there's a cool uh, tractor trailer, like a semi. But it's a one-seater like you see at the port that pulls all the cargo into town. And it's probably only the only big rig on the whole island. It, it, uh, there's, yeah, maybe a couple. And then they, of course, have like the tour buses for touring the inland part of the island. They've got Hummers and, and uh, Jeep JK Wranglers that they do these tours on. And it's just a funky little place. And uh, there's just all sorts of weird stuff there. So it's, just, it's a cool place to hang it out. It's like kind of like a time capsule in some ways. A little bit. Yeah. So getting off the Catalina topic, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what are you guys talking about? All right. So I, this is, I think, kind of an entrepreneur's episode. Definitely. So the first entrepreneur that we're going to talk to in this show is uh, Aaron Aldrich. I met Aaron. I, I'm almost, I'm borderline stalker with Aaron. I'll discuss it when we get him on the phone here. All right. Well, let's give him a call. Any level lift? This is Aaron. Aaron, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How are you doing? What's going hey, on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> Good. Before we can talk to you, we have to play an intro. Everyone gets an intro on the show. Yours might be a little aggressive, but I think you're young enough to appreciate it. So uh, here we go. <laughs> Be- bear with it. Man, that hurts my throat. Oh, getting fired up. Is that you, dude? Is that is that your is that your uh, vibe? Because we we have two to choose from, and we kind of picked that one. You know, I mean, that's not really my scene. Oh, we might have to do the other one then. How about how about this one then, Aaron? Really, really cool. 
about that one? Good. I, can, I can get on board with that. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's got a little more, uh, you know, it's like a, a m- middle of the country feel. Yeah, a little bit of, a little yeah. Co- a little yeah. country, a little more bluesy, jazzy, right? That's yeah. I got Step you. on yeah, up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what I hear, this vicious rumor that when your truck is equipped with an any level lift, you don't actually have to step on up because you can bring it right on down to your uh, to your oh, level, see right? What you did there, you like that? Yeah, <laughs> that kind of you know it makes it a whole hell of a lot easier. <laughs> Here's the thing, I, I, and I want to get this out of the way, um, Aaron. I feel like I'm kind of a weird stalker uh, because I, <laughs> I I I started following you early on before you launched the company. Um, you were at a SEMA breakfast, I don't know, a couple of years ago, two three years ago. And you won yeah. an award. And I was so proud of some dude on stage that I didn't even know. And I went up to his table and I go, you don't know me. Well, I'm, a, I'm this guy and I work at a radio station and congratulations. And I went back down. I sat in my my little uh, my round table with all these other people. And I go, wow, that was just a super douchey thing. But I was so, no, proud. That I was was so proud of I- him. I remember that. You I do? That. He's not, yeah, Lightning's not a very memorable person, so <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm surprised that no, you remember. I, I just thought that was really cool that somebody would come up to me and be honest. Nowhere. When he looked at you, did you have? Did he have the uh, the hearts in his eyes? No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> no, he was sitting right there. Was it your girlfriend or fiance or your wife? One of um girlfriend. Okay, got it, got it. At the time. Yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, yeah. Well, so now he's got the stardom and the fame, so he's he's you know he's shooting for the stars. Oh no, no, it's not that. It's just no time. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> so what happened is the reason I thought this was really special is because I was following Aaron's story in real time, and Aaron saw a need for an adjustable lift on a truck. He's like, if you lift your truck, you it's hard to get into. And he had all these reasons that he illustrated really well, which I'm going to have him explain. And then he solved the problem. But in order to solve the problem, he had to basically give up his day job. He had to enlist all of his friends and family, et cetera. And the story was fascinating and was unfolding right in front of my eyes. And I go, if he pulls this off, it's the American dream. Like he's quitting his his uh, all in. He's all in. Yeah. He's all in. It was it was really <laughs> neat to see. And then he wins the award for it. And now he's got some support of and guys. a stalker. He's also friends of uh, <laughs> you know he's also friends of Jordan from uh, a Daytona truck meet. All right. Who called yeah. me? And he's like, hey, I heard you're gonna have Aaron on. Blah. I was like, how do you know Aaron from any like how what what what, what world? But anyway, so he was like, oh, he's a great guy. Da, 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 I got I got to meet that guy. We've we've only had him on the show a couple of times, but it's like I want to go hang out with him and have beers because he's he's oh, that he's kind of dude. dude. You know what? Ask him. Uh, ask him about a, about our beer pounding contest. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. We know yeah, the backstory. Yeah, he back told me story, he's yeah. never been beat. <laughs> yeah, I think he told us that too, and uh, and I wasn't going to challenge him on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so take us back, Aaron, if you will, give me the genesis uh, of any level lift from the the moment you said, "I've got a problem. I want to fix it." Oh man, it it goes back a ways. I never ever imagined that I was going to have a. A suspension company right this just goes back to me loving lifted trucks and as soon as i got out of college and could afford an actual truck and to lift it and all that um i bought one with like a it had a 10 inch uh leaf spring kit in it and it rode like a lumber wagon it's actually like, two inches shorter today than he was uh, before the truck <laughs> yeah my <laughs> spine's depressed i didn't deal with that for too long before uh you know what i ended up seeing an air ride um, this is back in like the 2005 time frame. Oh wow, ways back. Is this before like yeah. Kelderman and all those guys got in the in the business? This was a, this was a Kelderman kit oh, that okay. was installed. It was like installed on uh, Trucks TV or something some Saturday morning. I remember first, that episode. 
yeah it, i think it was like a blue dodge or something yeah that's funny um, and uh i saw that i'm like man i've never seen anything like that before and i'm like we can lower the truck this is great you know and um i'm starting to make some money and i'm like you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy one of these things and and, and do it and then, like the next week i uh had a kit coming my way and tore the uh the spring lift out ended up putting that in my brother's truck and put the air ride in mine you know i probably had it i probably kept that truck for about a year but i didn't it didn't really do and i'm not knocking the air ride guys at all it just didn't do what i wanted it to do i i thought that i could hey i could lower the truck and in the winter time i could put my small tires on it and go you know and still have a have a truck that i could use and tow with it and because that was a a 12 inch lift you know a 10 to 12 inch kit and what truck were you driving at the time that was a 2001 f-250 it was a crew cab long bed i had uh and you're a four and you're and you're for, for the record you're a ford guy right uh i am <laughs> okay you know I, I learned a lot about what happens when you raise and lower a truck by having that kit Aaron, you didn't get the articulation out of it that you wanted you felt like you could dump it and when you dumped it it didn't ride well or what was no the... it was it rode nice um but the thing was is when you when you lowered the truck the steering wheel would like would go right turn on because your, your axles are high. changing location right. under the truck as it, they're right. cycling oh. so on on a uh, like older leaf spring truck it's, it's not as big of a deal but on like a coil spring that has like a uh, five link like a ram or something the axles actually drop out at they drop out sideways. So if you look at like a Jeep Wrangler or a Ram with a very mild lift kit, like a one inch spacer or a two inch, the axles will actually be offset. Really, from the body, and people just live with it that way. So on some of these kits, when you're making those big uh, ride height motion changes, the axles actually change relationship and the geometry of your steering and stuff changes. And so uh, honestly, Aaron, that was one of the things I was really interested in when I was reading up on on your company is you have kind of a patented setup that keeps everything square under the truck, which is really cool. Yes. Yep. That's what sets us. That's what sets me apart. Well, there's a couple things. There's that, like you don't have to worry about the alignment as you raise and lower the truck, but you also get the same ride quality throughout the whole range of motion. So if you think about uh, a bag truck, uh, I keep getting back to those because they're really the only thing else that goes up and down out there. <laughs> right. Um, but, but if you let the air out of the bag, you're now on the internal bump stop in the back. Or if you pump the bag up, it's solid and it doesn't have any give to it. Plus, the shock that's mounted right next to it is extending as you lift the truck. Um, it's not staying in the middle where you would want it to be at, at uh, while you're driving. It's interesting. I completely forgot about your shock travel length. Right. And you don't want to, you know, if the, let's say a bag truck, it's aired all the way up. Um, the shock is fully extended. You can't drive it around like that or else you'll risk pulling the shock shaft out and destroying your shock which got is it. bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and very expensive yeah 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 you've got this bag truck you've got you you, you gave your old stuff to your brother you put it on his truck now you're driving yep. on bags you're not really happy with the performance of bags and it's so so at what point do you go where's your aha moment I, i'm gonna build something well i ended up selling the truck right I, as i i got into a normal i just bought a normal you, you, you hated the around. bags. You hated the bags so much. You sold the truck. <laughs> I just got out of it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I'm and out. probably, uh, you know, three, four months later, I'm just driving down the road thinking about it and just saying, you know, I'm an engineer, right? I, I, I can figure this and out. In fact, you were a mechanical engineer and you did some work for the government on like aircraft carriers and submarines and stuff, right? Like that was your background That's was correct. mechanical engineering. So, 
So you were actually yep. sitting there going, hmm, I've installed it. How can I do this better? I can do this better, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I ended up buying another Super Duty, and it was it was shot. I bought it from uh, Colorado. I flew out there. It was like an old ranch truck. It was in rough shape. I bought it. I drove it home. I couldn't even shut it off because uh, the, glow, the glow plugs were shot. So I drove 33 hours home in this truck. <laughs> oh, and then wow. just like <laughs> straight. Yeah. And then... Uh, the next day, I started tearing it apart, and uh, I took a bunch of measurements of the frame, and like I built, basically built the frame and the axles and everything in my computer program, because I didn't, I didn't have access to, I didn't even know about SEMA tech transfer and and how to get the computer files and all that stuff. So I just kind of did what I could, and uh, got some string and some broomsticks, and <laughs> wow, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, oh yeah. Yep, Hopefully you had some duct tape and cardboard in there too, uh, just for a good measure. There was cardboard templates, there was all that. Awesome. But I, yeah, I started I started renting a little shop and I bought a, a little hand plasma cutter and a four by eight sheet of quarter inch steel and some DOM tubing and just started going at it. And it was really like now, I wasn't now, a fabricator. Hold, hold on a second, know? Aaron. So wait, are, you, are your friend is is your mom and dad and your friends going, what are you doing? Why are you renting a spot? Are you going to open it? What, <laughs> what's the goal here? And you're like, it's they just really, a hobby. No, no. They didn't. I just, they knew I was just building another truck. Right. I didn't even know the extent of it at that point. I was just trying to take this idea that was in my head and get it out into the world. So I, I, I just uh, drew up what I could on the, on the computer program. And then I built my first prototype right on this truck. Right. So, um, and the only fabrication experience that I had before that was the the weld table that I made <laughs> before I started working on the truck. I love I, when you have to make the tools to make the item. Yeah, right. right? right. Like you didn't yeah. go down to you know your your local tool supply. You had to fabricate the things to fabricate the things for the truck right. that you're making better. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was on a budget. <laughs> let's let's explain. So let's take a step back again, yeah. Aaron, and explain. I'm imagining the people who are listening to us right now are going, what, what is he building? Like, why yeah. are we talking to this guy? What did he, what did he make? What is any level lift? What was your yeah. concept? How are you going to lift and lower the truck? The first thing that popped in my head was the idea of the lever arm. A lever which, arm. Okay. A lever arm, which is essentially think of it as an adjustable mount for the top of a coil over. And it's hydraulically actuated. So there's basically it's hard mounted on one side or on a pivot, and then the other side attaches to the top of the coilover, and it allows you to change the position of where the coilover sits at right height. That, exactly. Wow. Well, I, I'm, I'm, well backing, I'm backing it through my head, trying to you know talk about visualizing. <laughs> and so what he's thinking yeah. is, I want to I want to lift and lower the truck, but not change the ride quality. Right. Right. Exactly. I didn't want to lose the travel or the or the ride quality at any level that I was at. And so we're essentially talking about a full-size uh, three-quarter ton, one-ton truck, solid axle um, yep. with what, about a 38-inch wheel and tire combo? Is that where I had 40s on it. 40s, okay. And the idea yep. being that you could have your truck driving down the highway at one or two inches above stock ride height with your 40s, or you can lift it eight to ten inches? My original prototype went from an inch above stock up to a 12 inch lift. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of yep. things you have to think about, not only in the concept of how the geometry of the front end works, but even things like 
you know, taking into consideration drive shaft angles and CV joints and, and the relationship of all those different things. How does the truck or what, what do you do in order to make sure that your drive shafts are living life happy at either one inch or 12 inches? I spend hours on the computer optimizing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, basically the pivot points and how long the four link bars are, and and all of that lets me control the axle. Okay. So, like the front axle, it swings. I take some of the caster out as I lift it, which you'd want to do with with sure. bigger wires on it. Um, but also that helps with the pinion angle as well. Got it. Okay. And for people who are listening who haven't seen this kit, you're essentially taking off if it's a leaf sprung truck or if it's a coil sprung truck, obviously they're all leaves in the back. You're replacing them with a coil over and links as part of the upgrade to the any any level lift. Exactly. This is not really a lift kit. This is an entire suspension system. It's four link front and rear with coil overs on all four corners and these hydraulic lever arms on all four corners. And then the patented steering and pant hard up front and and so take us back to that day when you're you're you get your first article done it's on the truck and you're showing it off where was it how did that go down was it a seamer was it before and tell me kind of the excitement around it when i first got it done i mean i i showed my my cousin my close friends or whatever but i said you know what this is something that that nobody's done before um I really ought to think about going through and getting some patents on this thing. So I didn't really, I drove the truck, but I didn't really show it off. I didn't go to shows. I didn't make a huge deal of it until probably three years later when my patents were issued. Ouch. You were sitting on it for three years. I sat on it for three years. I mean, I drove it. I, I put, 45,000 miles on that truck. Wow. The truck's still on the road. I, I sold it last year to a guy who had been hounding me for a couple of years um, wanting it. So finally I let it go. And uh, he's still he's still driving it. I just yeah. like the idea of taking my truck on 40s through a parking structure. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, or drive through. So Aaron, what you don't know <laughs> is that on, on the, the last couple episodes, we have talked about how Holman has got stuck in drive throughs He's got Not stuck. Not stuck. Have trailered through drive throughs <laughs> and made it to the other side. All right. Whatever. I'm, I'm embellishing. But we, t- we have yeah. lots of email because we opened up and said, hey, email us if you've gotten stuck in a drive through because you're too tall or you're too wide or whatever. This solves that. You can go in a parking structure with this thing. So you can be up oh, on yeah. a 12 inch little 40s and then roll into the airport parking structure which are always tiny and 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 have no issue yep patents were issued and then i said okay it's time for the world to see this thing right so i posted a video up on facebook it was like a friday night and i got my normal like maybe 40 likes until uh i get out of work on monday and i thought my phone had a virus I started getting friend request after friend request. Like, what must that have been like crazy. for your phone just to be, you know, I mean, were you wearing batteries down with how many people? Were oh yeah, there? I didn't know what to do. Like it, when they first started coming, I'm like, do I accept these requests? Do I? What do I do here? I'm like, yeah, screw it. Just like, like I, us with the podcast. I and then I started answering like everybody's messages and doing whatever I could. That video had over six hundred thousand views in like a week. Wow. Hey, we, and it was my a shaky like video of the truck in my front yard, like a cell phone video. It wasn't but listen, you 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 were innovating and, and it doesn't you cannot fake the funk. When someone mm-hmm. creates something and solves a real world problem or innovates in such a way that just is a, has a wow factor, 
it really resonates. And no marketing dollars, no no Google, no Apple, no Facebook can I, can can match real, real organic, genuine yeah. excitement. Yeah. And you had done what no one had done before you in a hundred years of trucks. So <laughs> so I'm curious. Okay, so I've got my brand new Super Duty, and I go to you, and I want to get my any level lift installed. And you're walking me through it as a potential customer. What exactly? locks in the ride height. So I know they're hydraulically activated, the the, the arms. How is that system <clears> linked together? What locks it in? And then, you know, because you're keeping the um, articulation and and uh, travel the same, the ride quality the same, you know, what's that experience like for the end user at the lowest level and the highest level? And how does how is that system safeguarded in from dropping or can you have the rear up taller if you're towing? Or, or so what are some are of you still asking the same That's question? That's the same question. Yeah, I got no, lots no. of things coming to my mind. Let me try to, let me try to tackle some of those. <laughs> All right, we'll just do one at a time. And what's your favorite? Tro- the- do you like chocolate cake or apple pie? <laughs> Long walks on a beach? Oh, let the man pie. talk. Oh. Ah, I got so many All questions. Right. I'm looking at it right now on his <laughs> website, right. but I got questions. Hey, hey, Aaron, we are not professionals. I'm just, I'm just putting <laughs> it out there. <laughs> it's all good. No, this is great. Um, okay, so as far as locking in the ride height, the there's a couple ways to control the system. I have um, regular switches in the dash, and I also can use uh, my cell phone with the ride controller app, and the switches are just momentary. So you can just, when you get to the height you want, you just stop pushing the button, okay? Now, you're relying on the hydraulic pressure to hold you up at that point. The way I've designed the production system, it's actually opposite of what I had with my prototype setup. With the prototype, the ram drew in to lift the truck, so it was constantly under hydraulic pressure. I never had any issues with that, but now that I'm going out into production, I'm getting this out in the world, I said, you know what would be smart? If I switch that action to where the ram pushes to lift the uh, the truck, um, it's stronger in that direction for one, but what that allows me to do is to put these uh, locks over the shaft of the ram so that you can lower down onto them. So I've got these um, basically a stack of horseshoes spacers that you just slip over the, the shaft of the ram. So is it like um, a hydraulic like lift that. where you would be lifting a car up on a hydraulic post lift and it's locking and then in? You lower it's... down on the locks. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Now you've taken your the, these trucks off road, right? You've beaten on these things, right, to prove oh, yeah. that it will not collapse under serious load. And it, I've seen yep. you towed what a, is it a tongue pole or a, a fifth wheel trailer with this thing? We've done fifth wheels. I've hooked up to you've seen um, like the sled poles at fairs and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. You went sled pulling? I, I sled pulled with my SEMA truck. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Aaron Aldrich. I posted it on Facebook. In one week, it had over a million views. In two weeks, it had over two million views. Did you do two pulls, one high and one low, just for fun? I pulled out on the track with it lifted all the way, and then I lowered it, <laughs> hooked to the sled, and then pulled it down the track. That had to be and, impressive. And can you, uh, going back to my my 27 questions in one, uh, are you yeah. able to independently lift the front and the rear, for example, if you wanted to uh, adjust for um Look, know, like, tongue, look, look like hide. the ultimate yes. pre-runner? <laughs> or if you want to look yes. like the ultimate pre-runner. I'm thinking more in terms of usage, like towing and yes. stuff or or hauling yep. in the bed. 
I have the circuits independent front and rear. Okay. Um, they are locked side to side. I use flow dividers to to split the fluid so that the two to the the lever arm on the right of the truck is synchronized with the one on the left. And how long does it take to go from uh, what what's the top total time to lift the truck? About seven seconds. That's pretty fast. Wow, that is fast. That's faster than a convertible top. Now, did, <laughs> now, explain to us what goes along with this hydraulic system, because you know, with a tractor or anything else using hydraulics, there's a lot of machinery that, that powers this, right? So, where yep. where does that where does that locate? Is it eating up space in my bed? Is it under the truck? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, to date, we've mounted everything in the in the bed of the trucks. We are working on a, a box design that would go with spare tire goes, but essentially, you've got to mount the power unit, so it's a it's a a reservoir, a pump, and a motor, and then there's a valve stack, there's the cell phone controller, and two batteries. So I run a 24, I run the hydraulic system on 24 volts. That's why it takes seven seconds. Wow, <laughs> okay. We have run them on uh, my second truck that we built. I did that on 12 volts, but it was two pumps, two motors. Um, it was slower. It was slower and it was more expensive. So... We just went back to the 24 volts. It works great. Um, I've now got a setup. Uh, I use a what's called a street charger. Apparently, like the uh, lowrider guys have been doing this for years, but um, that lets me take the um, 12 volt from the truck system and charge the 24 volt batteries. So I finally got that charger into my truck, and it's been in for the past two and a half months. I've been through two shows where I'm going up and down and up and down all day long, and I haven't charged a truck yet. Have you had any legitimate lowrider guys come up and be like, dude, oh, <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this for <laughs> years. You're not special. <laughs> no, no, no. They get it. That's they, awesome. They, the guys, the, the true like uh, lowrider low guys, they understand that what I'm doing is different yeah. than what they've been doing, and they respect it. Well, a lot of those guys, I think, you know, there's a certain amount of engineering, whether you're doing it in your backyard or you're doing it on CAD in any vehicle, right? So I think they can appreciate just looking at it like, wow, there's a lot going on here. This is pretty amazing for, you know, the end result. Plus, it's entertaining as hell, I'm sure. Now, and building all of this, Aaron, and in doing this, did did it ever near like bankrupting you or did it? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you, yeah. so you, you were a successful engineer and then you laid it all out on the line. I'm guessing that you had, you, you were working off your savings or all this equipment, you know, to both fabricate and the, the raw goods to make your first couple kits probably mm-hmm. set you back quite a bit. I can walk you through that a little bit. So I was doing well as, as an engineer, right? Um, I, I had saved up a bit of money, but uh, once I got into this, <laughs> it doesn't take long, you know what I mean, to uh, to take that up. So I didn't have money really for to afford an employee or anything. Like I had my cousin, he was he's super excited about this. He's been a huge help from the get-go when I said – that was actually a conversation I had with him when we learned that the 2017 Super Duties were coming out. This is when I had just, like, posted my first prototype video, the one that, that I told you got all the views. Right. Um, I looked at Jared and I said, how crazy would it be if we got a 2017 Super Duty and took it to the SEMA show this year? <laughs> yeah, just strip <laughs> like, off all the suspension and start fresh. Yeah. yeah. He's like He's like – yeah, that would be really cool. And so, I mean, I chewed on it for a couple of weeks and I said, let's do it. I signed up to be a SEMA member. I bought my SEMA booth. 
I had invested like $33,000. I was going to say, that is no small feat to go to SEMA for the first I, time. I, so for people that don't know, those, those that booth space is really pricey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the membership not, not cheap just either. The space, right. it's it's the the setup, the carpet, yeah. the, the the tables, the back wall. It's I all the Las Vegas mobsters. Yeah, the team. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> teamsters. Sorry, did I say mobsters? I meant teamsters. I'll, I'll edit that out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The price of this whole endeavor started adding up pretty quick because we. So after the prototype truck, and we said, "All right, let's go to SEMA." My cousin had a 2016 Super Duty. We didn't know if the 2017 was going to be able to come in in time to get it built before the SEMA show, right? Because this is this is now spring of 2016. The, the SEMA show is in November. We couldn't order the 17. I didn't order it until June. And you're, I had you're like... You're sweating. Contract. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're sweating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the meantime, I had... I built... Um, well, Jared, my cousin Jared, and I built his truck, his 2016, in his father's weld shop, he was nice enough to like. He basically gave me the 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 reins to the shop for that entire summer. SEMA Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. we built my cousin's truck as prototype number two, thinking, all right, if the seventeen doesn't come in in time, we'll at least have this truck to be able to take to the show. So we got that one done like mid July. Took it to a really small um, show here in New York. And that one blew up too. That's when it started getting. I started getting some recognition from some of the big, bigger companies in the industry, including like American Force Wheels. They've been really good to me, and uh, they reached out and said, "Hey, we got to get a set of wheels on that truck." I said, "Cool, but we're building another one that we're taking to SEMA." And they're like, "Okay, yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you a set for that." <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, they're great to um, work with when they when they find a partner that can draw some attention to the brand that's new and innovative, man, those guys yep. are so fast to pounce and be all over it. They're, they're a great, great partner of you. If you got what yep. they need. Yep. The truck, the 17 came in September 2nd. Oh my, no way. You, that's no I, time. That's, that's, that's a crunch times 10. Oh, and I did man. not have, I did not have a design for the new truck. So you didn't have any of the CAD drawings or anything on the new truck prior to getting your physical example? I I got the CAD drawings through the SEMA tech transfer. Now that I'm a SEMA member and I learned about all that stuff, I did get the files from them, but we had been so slammed building my cousin's truck and making sure that was done that I didn't have time to actually work on the design for the 17. Damn. So I, I literally started that design on September second, the day the truck got here, and I'm crawling <laughs> under there, like looking, looking at the the actual truck versus what the computer files were, because they were all preliminary computer files that I had got. Was it worse than you thought it would be, or was it like, okay, this isn't too bad, I can I can do this? Obviously, you got it um, done. <laughs> it was uh, me in my sweatpants for like <laughs> seventeen hours a day. For two weeks straight. By the way, great band name, Me and My Sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> They're opening the uh, Sahara stage at Coachella. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, so it wasn't easy. I mean, it was, I spent a lot of time going from my original prototype to the second prototype, my cousin's truck. So it wasn't as big of a stretch to go from his truck to the new body style as it was that first step. But um, it was still bare. Um, but we got it done. We got I got it designed. I got all the parts cut and bent. And then my cousin, uh, he's a welder and we use his father's shop, like I was saying, and we welded up the parts and, um, got the whole truck built and 
<laughs> and and out to SEMA in time. And then you you bring it, you pull it in, you're showing it off, and you win an award. Yeah, uh, I won a couple. I won um, Engineer New Product of the Year um, through the New Product Showcase. I also won uh, this competition. It's called the SEMA Launchpad Competition. Yeah. It's for entrepreneurs that are on the age of 40. That's a very, very cool uh, deal. That It's only a couple of years old, I think, right? And it's sort of like Shark Tank at SEMA for entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, it was great. You can't, you give a pitch to a, a panel of judges there, and I ended up winning that. Got a lot of exposure through through that. So um, so getting back to the point about the, the funds for all this, <laughs> um, I've now fronted for the SEMA booth. My patent expenses were ridiculous. Um, I've now set up a business when there's lawyers there, there was the two prototype trucks. I just bought a brand new $68,000 super duty and then all the parts for that. Oh my God. Um, remember so when I, being an entrepreneur <laughs> for the American dream was like a lemonade stand. I, I mean, he's in it oh, for God. a couple Dude, hundred grand at, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple more time. Yeah. Two times where I pay for my house. In this whole thing. Oh, so SEMA was, was Aaron being like something, if there's anything that's going to happen, this is where it's going to happen and it's got to happen here or we're going to go home and just sit on it. <laughs> so fortunately enough, there was a lot of exposure there. And, um, I ended up meeting Easton Isley and his father, um, Darren Easton was on the first episode of diesel brothers. They built that, uh, that black Willie's Jeep farm. Right. Um, and his father, Darren, he's the uh, CEO of pugs gear. They came to the booth like specifically to, to meet with me and see the lift. And, um, I ended up flying out to Colorado not too long after the SEMA show and sat down with them and, and, and worked some things out and got some seed money and partnered up with them and, um, kind of <laughs> allowed us to, to keep moving. What that, a great, what a great story, that man. A, yeah. That's a great story. So, so they're now involved to this day. Yep. And, and I mean, yep. you literally, you had a degree, you graduated from college, you're a mechanical engineer. And then you <laughs> said, eh, I'm going to go do this over here now. I mean, I yeah. literally changed your entire trajectory with one bold move and said, all right, I'm all in. That is awesome. Because he has a love for trucks. So who is your customer today? There's a whole spread of people. I've got trucks all over the country and one's in Puerto Rico. Wow. <laughs> Actually, there's one up in Canada now, too. We just uh, certified a shop up there. That that truck's going to be going down to the SEMA show. I mean, it's the guy or, or, or girl um, who wants the lifted truck, but wants wants it to be practical too. And so, who's who's doing the installs? Do you have? Are you have? What kind of distribution do you have? Is it's not four wheel parts, right? Because it's very no, it's complex. No. And how long does this it take is, to put uh, the system in? I have two dealers down in Texas: Power Stroke Ingenuities and CT Customs. I've got one up here in New York, a Southern Diesel truck. Um going to be training um high caliber motorsports down in pa okay there's dirty diesel customs out in british columbia canada um so we're just kind of getting rolling and, and going through the training process and and setting up dealers kind of across the country so that i can get a decent spread what's, and uh, what's your uh what's the first feedback been from your early customers now i mean it's been it's been really good like i have people call me and just be like i, I was at the gas station and i just lowered the truck down and I had a crowd of ten people around me wondering what the hell just happened. Well, there was there, there was a, there was a video on Instagram. Just I don't know if one of the uh, Truck Daily or one of those guys, you know, the big Instagram truck uh, deals. And and it was it was some people like it was like home girl like riding along in her car. She's like, no way, look at that, look at that. 
what? It was, and, and they're just tripping on the truck. What are you doing this for you? Come on, go back up, go back up, go back up. <laughs> ah, he's doing it. So what? Yep. When I when somebody buys the kit, is there? Uh, it, you know, obviously, a ton of different coilover brands out there. Is somebody private labeling for you, or are you sticking with a particular company? Because your needs in building a coilover for what you're doing is probably different than most, say, suspension companies out there. Again, you're you are doing a complete suspension system, literally a system, revamping everything that came from the factory, including mounts and you know pivot points, all that. So the coilover has to be different. All of my kits come with King coilovers. Okay. By the way, King Coilovers, they are built just down the street from our Santa Ana studio in Garden Grove, California. And so. we, we're, we're coming, nice. they're coming in for an interview very shortly. Yeah, awesome. Yes. I've had great luck with them. Good family um, business, too. Super high quality. And, I, you know, I've run some other stuff in the past that I just uh, haven't had as good luck with this. This stuff's been great. So Everyone's got to be dying to know what's the price. I mean, what does this? This is it again. Yeah. It is a full system with hydraulics yeah. and tons of steel. And does it? I would assume, yep. This thing's got to ship on a pallet, right? Uh, yeah, we shipped a crate up to Canada. There was two kits in it. It took us eight hours just to pack it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow. And this is why I'm not just shipping kits to anybody to install them. The instruction manual would be would be like a telephone book thick. The price on a kit is sixteen nine ninety five. Seventeen grand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess and you're then, you're into a truck for almost eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, you're talking yeah. you know just a percentage of that. Plus, you figure, what do wheels and tires cost these days for forties in American Force wheels? I yeah. mean, they, that's a huge investment. These guys, you know, a lot of people yeah. are building up their trucks and they're doubling the original purchase price easily. The people and the customer are definitely out there for something like this. Well, congratulations, dude. This is uh, I, I'm Thank you. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, was, killer I, story. I was happy for you when I was a stalker at SEMA, <laughs> and I'm happy for you now. I mean, is this so? This is now full time. You have not had to return to the day job, correct? That's that's correct. Wow, yep, full time. I have I have now one employee. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're still swamped. You know, what I mean, like we're but I'm trying to grow the business. I want to get some more help. Everybody's wondering, hey, when's going to come out for this year, or when's going to come out for the Dodge, or the Chevy, or yeah, I mean, I guess, you, you are limited to a straight straight axle, right? This is not yeah. something you're going to IFS, correct? At this point, yeah. I mean, I've got just crazy ideas floating around in the back of my head. I try to keep them at bay um, so I can keep moving forward. But, yeah, the, the concept as designed is for straight axle. Dude, well, thank you very much, Aaron. I can't can't thank you enough for uh, for letting us talk to you. So congratulations on all your success. We really appreciate you joining us. Just an awesome story, man. And, and So anylevellift.com, correct? Anylevellift.com. Yep. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, guys. Thank all you. Right. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Take it easy. Before we get into email, I want to thank everyone for the great feedback we had on the last episode. It was incredible. So Aaron Kaufman, from uh, you may have known him from all the shows on Discovery Channel, from Fast and Loud, and then he's got uh, uh, Shifting Gears. Yeah, Shifting Gears, thank you. And uh, he's an amazing mechanic, but I didn't know that he came from Mini Truck, and that was a fascinating story. Yeah. And he gave us his perspective of kind of that roadkill battle that he... Uh, was involved in, and it was a really interesting story. So I, I guess I just want to say thank you for everyone, you know, uh, congratulating us on that episode. Yeah, it we was had really a, fun. A ton of good feedback. I was sort of surprised he got into his ArcLight Fab business, and he's going to have F100 parts. Uh, it sounds like launching at SEMA, the Fun Hundred run, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah. If it ever gets off the ground, it sounds like he's got plans to revive that and get that going again. 
And then uh, just talking about those Australian straight sixes that he wants to shove into F100s. I'm just like everything we talked about is so exciting. I'm like, yes, yes, we got it. We're gonna have to have him on. And the good yeah. part is we we've been you and I. You guys wouldn't know this, but you and I have been dialoguing with yeah. with Aaron kind of off air for the last week, and he's he's all about coming on again. And we're I think we're gonna do some collaborative projects together. So I don't know. I'm pretty pumped. I'd love to have him. And you know. Last week we set some records with people downloading the show and uh, just we a, did? It, oh yeah dude we've been growing month over month since uh, since the last time we aired so a week ago right we beat last month's numbers already and it's not wow. even the end of this month and so we've had month over month growth you guys have been responding to the show amazingly well thanks for all the reviews but we have not decreased the suckage that's not true there's some people who wrote and said we did. Huh. Well, let's uh, investigate. <laughs> you email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. All right, first email up comes from Caden. Let me turn down the dance music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still dancing. Well, I don't know, turn it down yet. Oh. Uh, you, you look good doing it. Hey, Lightning at Home, and I heard about your guys' podcast from the Diesel Performance Podcast. Wow, that's uh, incestuous. Another <laughs> podcast. Well, we appreciate it, and we love those guys over there. Uh, they're a lot smarter than we are, uh, but we think our show is more fun. I'm very impressed <laughs> with the show, and I'm still not caught up yet. Well, we hope you do get caught up. I was listening to the DPC episode, and you guys talked about making big power on emissions-equipped trucks. You guys should really get in touch with Nick from Power Calibrated Solutions. Paul and Chris from the Diesel Performance Podcast talk about their clean sweep Duramax that is a compound turbo setup while still running factory emissions. You guys should definitely look into it. Keep up the fun and entertaining show. You guys make my work day at work go by fast. Oh, and by the way, at XXL, if you guys have shirts, and uh, to be honest with you, we don't. We, uh, <laughs> Dude, they're gone. We're out of shirts. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. Dude. I'm printing some more, so I've been sending them out as fast as I possibly Dude, could. and I just gave you a list of everybody from the last couple episodes, so... Um, That's what did it. Yeah. Like, it put us over. So, we, we still owe a couple of 5X shirts. Yes. I never ordered 5X, so now I'm, I'm getting some big boys. And, uh, yeah, no, so we have a, a healthy supply probably in the... Uh, I mean, realistically, Soon. Uh, <laughs> in the future. Two weeks or so, I'm going to have the shirts. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, I got one from Albert from uh, Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada. And he Ooh, says, nice. uh, hey, I found your podcast back when David Freiberger was on it. Since then, your awesome stories and insider information have kept me entertained and laughing while on my commute to work. I love hearing about your projects, and the interviews with Gail Banks was fantastic. Here's a picture of my 65 Chevy C30 I inherited from my grandfather. Oh, let me see. I hope to one day turn it into a mild lowrider or rod project. However, my current lack of workspace has been hindering this, and it's this really cool one-ton C30 with a flatbed out, out in Canada. Oh, I love that. Uh, he says, P.S., if you're still giving away shirts, I'll take a large. Is that patinaed or... or <laughs> yeah, I it's totally patinaed. Okay. Yeah, no, it's well, cool. Your printer sucks, but Yeah, absolutely. Here. No, but it's cool. And it, oh, it's his grandpa's truck. But the patina kind of looks like the rain kind of... Yeah, it kind of it has that kind of bled. ruddy... It, yeah, color, bl- yeah, bled down the door by the uh, by Clear the coat that, yeah. Definitely clear coat that thing and uh, and don't repaint it. It's earned that patina. It's it's nice. It looks like all the body panels are straight on it too. Yeah, that's a nice truck. It's very cool. Oh, I'm jealous, Albert. All right, you got another one. And this comes from Thomas. Uh, what up, truck show? Lightning, I've been following you from your K Rock days, and I always knew you were a gearhead, and you became my favorite member. Wow. Not sure what to say about that. I listen to You're Kevin not even B. my favorite member of the Truck Show Podcast. <laughs> I'm not my favorite member of the Truck Show Podcast. Uh, I listen to Kevin and Bean every morning, listen to the B-Team podcast, and got up very upset when I think it was Beer Mug, who was at Supercross, 
and called Cooper Webb Connor. I kept waiting for you to correct him, but I forgive you. Well, I wasn't working there. I had already left the, the show when that happened. Um, as soon as you left, I stopped listening and followed you on the truck show. No way. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. I was born and raised in the LBC. That's Long Beach for you that don't know. And currently live in Lakewood. Been to your store a bunch of times. Lived in Detroit for two years and went to the GM Tower often because mostly it was the only place in Detroit that had palm trees imported from <laughs> San Diego. The Henry Ford Museum and Greenfield Village awesome. should be on any gearheads bucket. 100%. List. Um, very cool history there, and you get shuffled around in Model Ts. Wow. Yeah, no, it's I, an awesome place. I have not been. They've I, actually taken like a lot of famous places and put it in this village. So like Thomas Edison's actual house was trucked there and put it in this thing they called Greenfield Village. Really? Oh, it's, a, it's way cool. It's like an adjunct to the Henry Ford Museum. Do you have to pay to get in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a museum, and it has an indoor and outdoor component, and they do a bunch of you know things when there's the weather's nice and festivals and stuff. It's a neat place. If, wow. you, if you love history, great place to go. There's a lot of neat stuff there. So he says, when I was uh, 15, I got my first Jeep, and my obsession grew from there. Currently, I have three Jeeps. Damn, spoiled. A 65K10 and a 79K30 and a minivan. The show is super informative, and I love your guests. You guys are great, and look forward to future episodes. Thomas, thank you very much for the compliments. Appreciate that. Right on. I got one from uh, Jason from Menifee. He says, I have a subscription to Four Wheeler Magazine. With that subscription came a bunch of weekly emails, and within those emails, I was constantly reminded of the Truck Show podcast. For weeks, I was easily able to overlook and move on from these quote-unquote reminders. <laughs> I had never listened to a podcast. Didn't really know what it was. Never really had any desire to find out. Then I saw that Aaron Kaufman was on the latest show. I find him very well-spoken and a talented individual. Damn it! I couldn't help myself. With a lower level of excitement and absolutely no clue of what to expect, (laughs) I clicked on the link. As the show began, almost immediately my ears were bombarded with what I can only describe as a large orgy of lower-functioning clowns being set ablaze. Uh, I quickly come to realize that this is your intro music. Oh, no! no. Uh, I begin to assess the series of events that have brought me down to this level. I begin to question the worth of my very own existence. It must have been the hesitation and the moment of thought that kept me from instantly reaching over and ending the whole situation. Oh, but wait. Long story short, I kept on trucking through with you guys and have found myself Clicking back for more episodes. <gasps> Great show. Great job so far. Oh, yeah. XXL. Jason Ouellette from uh, Menifee, California. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> nice. yeah, we, we won a guy over who hated us. We did. We did. That was pretty wow. cool. And he never heard <laughs> I'm not sure why that's funny. <laughs> so long. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I think part of what's cool about this is we're bringing like a whole new group of people to podcasting and... Welcome aboard, everybody. This is a, you get to come on this ride with us. Is this a ride? I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Is this a train to Funky Town? I haven't decided. It might be the <laughs> the train to uh, Spiralsville if, uh, if we don't get better. The what? I don't know. The train to Spiralsville. <laughs> the train to Spiralsville. That's a hashtag. I own that, by the oh, way. Don't even funk? try it. <laughs> Do you know that I own PartyFoul.com? Do you really? Yes. Why haven't you done anything with it? Oh, I've tried. <laughs> I have tried to no end. If you guys want it, if you can help me, it's been through many iterations. This one's coming from Chris. You guys should do some Unimog coverage. Old ones, new ones, performance versions, 4x4 turbo diesels, PTOs, ground clearance, portal axles, et cetera, et cetera. Chris. Uh, Okay. I love Unimogs. (laughs) Okay, I guess so. Uh, Yeah, we should. Chris says we have to do it, so 
We will do it. All right. Let's Unimog find, coverage. Find a, find a Unimog expert and have them on. I have on. no idea where to start. Unimogs are awesome. All right. I've got this one. This one was probably one of my more amusing ones just because of where it came from. So the guy's name is, if I'm pronouncing I'm going to butcher it. I know. Erling Log. <laughs> Laug? <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Erling, but anyway, he says, Hi, guys. As I can't give you a rating on the odd player I have, I give it this way. Found you through Kibby and Finnegan some way. I think you was listed as people who listen to them listen to you, and it wasn't long before I was through all episodes with the Motor Trend folks as favorites. I understand that the English is a little broken. That's how we wrote it. It will become clear in a moment. Five stars, of course. A few questions. Most roadkill you've done to your own car. Oh, I would say your most roadkill is probably the Rock Crusher. <laughs> what, what he means roadkill like well, destroying things? yeah I don't know if, what maybe awesomeness mistakes um, some crazy uh, thing no 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 I wish I no all my builds have been planned and, and, and executed to my satisfaction I never yeah. really had a, a beater although my buddy in high school owned a 47 or 48 willies flat fender jeep and we did all sorts of stuff to that thing. And it was totally patinaed, and we put a overhead valve motor and replaced the flathead, so we had to cut the hole in the hood. And um, we used to try and climb. It had 538 gears and super low transfer case, so we climbed telephone poles in the school parking lot and stuff like that just that's to show fun. off. I mean, that's that thing was probably the, the closest. The closest thing I have is, uh, I think, an 85 Nissan 200SX. Dude, those things were cool. And it was a five-speed. All right. And my grandfather, um, I just started at the radio station. My grandfather felt bad because I had wrecked my car. And he spent $500 and bought it for me. And the, the paint was just, there's no paint on it. It was just gray. <laughs> I, th- I don't know what color it was be- before I got it. But my girlfriend at the time thought it was hysterical because I didn't mind hitting stuff. I would drive over speed, bo- <laughs> speed blo- uh, the uh, parking blocks. Yeah, yeah. I would drive over curbs. I would hit trees. If there was someone going slow in front of me, I would push them. Like, just random <laughs> just stuff. Didn't I, was, care. I wasn't really a... Tra- it was so fun. Zero f- given. It was so fun to have a vehicle that I just didn't care about. Yeah. And so, no, the Rock Crusher's opposite. I care too much about yeah. it, which almost kind of takes some of the fun out of it. Which, like, a little yeah, bit. Having a mall crawler is... Stressful. I, don't know. I think it, it is a little stressful. If I if I could do it again, I would have stopped shy of the show carnage yeah. of it. And I would just... I would have enjoyed it for what it was, which is a 4 Okay, so number two, favorite roadkill or hot rod garage truck. I actually have a favorite of both. Number one would be Stubby Bob, which is the old Ford with the V-Drive and the V8 in the back that does the wheel stands. I think oh! Freiburg was talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they also have the Crown Hick, which is the <laughs> the uh, yeah yeah the F100 on top of the Crown Victoria cop car frame, right. which by the way is the easy way to do it. But I I love all of F100s equally, so that one's one of my favorites. Right, so those right, are mine. Right. Yeah. All right. And then number three, have you thought of doing a 24 hours of Le Mans truck in a race? If so, what truck? Um, that would be awesome. Truck show podcast, and we go uh, 24 in hours of Le Mans. Lemons, as they say. Yeah. Uh what would we? Mm. Nissan mm. Hardbody. Oh, <laughs> wow. I bet we could find an old like mid '80s hard body. But what with what engine? No, just the just the four cylinder. It's all the twenty four hours of lemons is all about endurance. Anyway, this is what I love about this guy. <laughs> he says, signs it, love from Sweden, Erling. Oh no way! Yeah, so we've got actually the Nordics. We have a ton of listeners up there, so we what? appreciate all you guys. Yeah, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Iceland. We got a ton of listeners. I can see it on our chart of where people download. It's awesome. 
So are this, they why the, the tr- trucks are well distributed? American there? cars are a big deal. Classic American cars. So I'm guessing that they they love the American car culture. We need to hear more from you. What's yeah. his name again? Erling. 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 Yes. We we need to let's you tell know us what? more. No, Erling. Email us your number so we can call you. All right. Yeah, we can try that. And then uh, he says, P.S. Five XL if you send international. Five <laughs> XL. Another five XL. All right. Uh, and then I wanted to uh, go over a couple great new reviews. Thunder and Lightning is the title of this one. Okay. He says, Die in every episode. Informative and hilarious. Jingles must be shorter, though. Hashtag kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, five stars. Oh, yeah. right. And then uh, we got one great show uh, from Long Distance P1. Having Aaron Kaufman on made me download that episode. Then I decided to hear Gale stories. You guys could have done two and a half more hours, and I would have been riveted the whole time. Now I'm hooked on the show. Thanks. Long Distance P1, great show. Five star! Oh, uh, I can't even pronounce his, his name on here. David Hidge, like Morning Zoo. He says, love the guests, but not the Morning Zoo-like banter, but a good show even if it's not my style. Just fast forward the host talk. Fast forward, five star! Five star! Yeah, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. The, the Morning Show, the, the Morning Zoo, that's typically three to five people all screaming over each yeah, other. Yeah, we're, we're more like the Morning Cage. I think he must be referring to... Our sound effects, maybe because that's typically morning zoo is like like a like a lot of the uh, here we go a lot of that woo 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's a cowbell or yeah. yeah more cowbell please yeah but we you know what we have that a morning zoo doesn't have what master monitor key engine parameters that's <laughs> yes. what a morning show yes we do morning zoo does not have all right uh, we have one from uh, CCSB well, hold on a second yes I've. Sorry, if we sound like a morning zoo, that is not our intent. I don't, but we have to. I feel guilty that no. he thinks we no, but we should not be yucksters. Uh oh. It's a, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to take this moment. All right. To Are we reflect a little. I'm getting introspective here. Okay. I don't want to be morning show yucksters. Even the guys that I worked for, Kevin and Bean, for many, many years on K Rock in L.A., they weren't yucksters. We were the anti-youngsters. Now, we were, the guys are incredibly talented and very, very funny. Funnier than any of the competition. Is that a tear in the, in the corner of your eye? It's not a tear. You're like I the just, Indian in that one uh, trash ad back from like the 70s. I want to make sure, shut up. I want to make sure <laughs> that we're not, we're not going overboard. Because we're supposed to be informative. And fun. At least we're trying. We're supposed yeah. to, and we're having, and I'm genuinely having fun. We enjoy this. But I this. don't want to be, if I'm yeah. playing too many sound effects or whatever, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I don't want to be that th- guy. This is not our day job. This is just a thing we love to do because we love trucks and we love podcasts and we love our listeners. And you guys have been responding overwhelmingly to it. So uh, we will take that criticism on the nose, but uh, I don't know. We've got uh, this next guy, CCSB, says love the show. And he says, diesel talk for my OBS 7.3 obsession, long travel desert talk, and what's new in the market. Plus, the banter and intros are great. Five stars! Five stars! <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we, we're trying to make everybody happy. You can't always do that. But And then the uh, last one uh, from Tow Truck Ryan. He says, my favorite podcast. Oh, wait, I want to be known as Tow Truck Ryan. I wonder if Tow Truck Ryan would give us his number. Tow Truck Ryan, email us at... Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Might be fun to have a tow truck guy on, right? I Yeah. We can do a new segment called, well, I My know. Cubicle is a Truck. <laughs> so there is that angle of right? talking to a guy who works in, in a, a truck. truck. Yeah, full yeah. time. I mean, there's construction guys. There's crane operators, crane, oil yeah, field yeah, guys. 
the one thing that is a little morbid that I always end up asking tow yeah. truck drivers is when you pull up on a scene, oftentimes before the cops have had a ton yeah. of chance to clean it up. Yeah. And I always end up asking about that. Yeah. And they're usually forthcoming. And then the and then the whole conversation gets, gets morbid. Yeah. Well, I, we could have a thing where we have some of our listeners on and we could do a cab or cubicle. I want to <laughs> hear a, from a tow truck driver. If we get, a, what's his name again? Uh, tow Truck Ryan. But tow I, Truck Ryan. So I want to get Tow Truck Ryan on and find out if he's had any hot chicks in the passenger seat. Because you know what I mean? Like they'll get a, uh, they'll get it. Like, Somebody broken down. They get the broken road. down and, like, and then they hop in the passenger seat. And do we have any? But think about it. Bow, if, chicka, bow, bow. if you're a tow truck driver, you probably see. The worst and the best of society, right? Because it's a crapshoot anytime you get dispatched out. You can come pick up a Mercedes from two dudes in a podcast studio. Because oh, that just happened. That <laughs> <laughs> a long story. I, I've got a buddy who drives tow trucks, too. So if we don't hear from Ryan, get a hold of Josh. I'm Truck sure show podcast at gmail.com. Send us your number. Ryan, we'll, uh, we'll get you on the show. And uh, Ryan says, uh, my favorite podcast by far, I drive a diesel F450 tow truck for work all day. And the show keeps me entertained on my long haul drives. Keep up the good work. That's from Tow Truck Ryan. Five stars! Five stars! Thanks, guys. We really appreciate all of your emails, which, by the way, you sent us, like, scores of freaking emails. And I'm so sorry we couldn't get to everybody, but keep them coming. We love the feedback, and thanks for all the subscriptions and reviews. And uh, it's time for Parts Department. All right, so in your garage, just imagine you have your shop lights hanging, right? But it's a warm summer night, and you put your garage door up. What happens to your shop lights? You block them. You block them. Yeah. And now you have a big dark spot in your garage and you have shop lights and drop lights and lights and flashlights and all these things, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I got no no light into my hood Exactly. Anymore. Right. So I found a guy who has a killer product. We just got to talk to him. It's, it's garagedoorlights.com from a company called Link and it's Graham Holloway. Let's give him a call because I, I want him to explain it. This okay. will solve all your garage lighting woes in one easy step. Oh, that's fine. Dial all right. All right, let's dial do it. Up. Okay, do it. Hello. Hello, is this Graham? It's Lightning and uh, Holman from Truck Show Podcast. How's it going? We were just talking about your killer product that you offer, but first we have to do a little uh, intro for you. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. See, because, Graham, you're in the parts department because... We want to buy your product. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I set set up our listeners already. I was talking to Lighting. This is Holman here. And I told him, what happens when you work in your garage? I mean, not Lightning because he doesn't, but the rest of us who... Why do you keep saying that? Because it's funny. I turn right... All right, I'll go with you. It's funny. All right, stick with it. All right, so the idea is that you have your drop lights, your shop lights in your garage, and when it's a warm summer night and you want to have your garage door open... You put your garage up and completely block your lights. And now you have a half your garage is in total darkness. And uh, we were talking about. No, what you do is you rush to Harbor Freight and you buy like 80 of those $2 magnetic, magnetic lights, lights yes. that the magnets eventually fall out of. <laughs> yes. And then, the, and then the light falls into your engine bay. Or on your hood and makes oh, a big dent. Exactly. So, so Graham has a way better solution for it. And Graham, I didn't tell him what it was because I thought. I would do you an injustice by describing it. So I'll let you describe your product because it's really cool. All right. Um, So what we ended up doing to address that problem was come up with a automated wireless low-voltage system that comes on when your door hits full open. 
So now that's a 6,000 Kelvin daylight white panel of light that your door turns into when it hits full open. And it is freaking like brighter than Vegas. I the the I like a doc, like a doctor's office when you're like, yeah. oh dear, dude, God, you can definitely do dental work in there. I, you know, <laughs> it, it looks like an operating uh, an operating room. I, Graham sent me a set because he's like, hey, try these out. Uh, this is a new product that I'm launching. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I've got a garage, whatever. Oh my God! Not only did I have to go replace all my 2700K uh, uh, lights with 5000 to match his daylight. But the whole garage is completely, completely lit now, and with the the door up, it's actually more light than with the shop lights. It's it's unbelievable. Well, so yeah, it, it came out working really well. Graham, how did you come up with the idea and and give me the backstory on Light Innovations Inc. Like, is it just a kind of a one off? Like, you were solving a problem and now you've got a business. Correct. So initially, um, it was just something that always bugged me, and I got tired of bringing the little light tree out and have the cord set up <laughs> or having drop lights from the hood. And But the issue was is the doors run on rollers, which are generally plastic or metal and greased. So I didn't want a cord tracking back and forth with the door. Right. So then we had to develop a way that we could have power transfer that was safe and uh, reliable. And it just started started developing. And you, wait, you keep saying we. Who's the we? Well... A buddy of mine picked up the phone when I ran into a hiccup on how to finish that power transfer. So um, he now is part of the business. Um, initially, he kind of laughed at me, but uh, <laughs> as as and, normally happens, yes. And hopefully, he'll be laughing all the way to the bank afterwards, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, for now, we're 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 still getting launched, but uh, it's it's hadn't been pretty well received. So, are you showing at places like SEMA and car shows, and and is it for sale? Can I buy this kit right now on online? You can buy it right now online. Um, we've got a website. It's uh, garagedoorlighting.com. And then we're also uh, launching a Kickstarter in a couple of weeks. And then so when you go to the website, it'll redirect you to that so that we, you know, we want to honor the backers that want to be part of this. So we'll uh, we'll halt any sales and push whatever inventory is left towards um the backers as well as the ramp up production that that will provide for us how do you do a kickstarter after the fact because you already have a product isn't kickstarter to try and get something launched true but if we can get some of our tooling paid for on a larger scale then we can provide what we're doing at a lower cost so that's what we're coming to them for in the sense of if they'll help us get our minimum ask that would pay for the tooling that would then allow us to produce these at a lower cost which helps everybody on the consumer side right and so for and anybody and helps us and for anybody who's trying to visualize this essentially uh grams created a system where each panel of your garage door so your typical roll-up door has multiple panels and as it rolls up the panels you know uh, angle they, back they kind of separate yep. and then they come back together yep. again so what he has is an awesome uh, led light strip so very lightweight very low profile you're not going to like knock them off with your you know antenna dragging across your garage door when you come in or anything like that um, and there's a wiring harness and there's a uh, controller that just plugs into a standard outlet and the way he has it set up is there's a contact point that mounts on the top panel of your garage door and then there's a secondary uh, contact or the other half of it mounts on your track and you set it for when the door is open. So when the garage door comes up, those two contacts meet, bam, automatic lights. But how are the individual panels wired together? They're wired together with a wiring harness that has a little bit of uh, slack in it so that it can flex. Ah, and gotcha. I installed this on a Saturday in about 90 minutes. Uh, super simple to do. Um, 
Graham, you have it for single doors, double doors, and high clearance as well as low clearance ceilings, right? Correct. I was just in uh, Lake Havasu this last weekend, and the guy had this. Well, I was staying at a, a baller house. He had two uh, RV garages with 16 foot ceilings. I've never <clears throat> seen roll up doors this tall. So they were a full six, well, probably 15. Sure, yeah. Right? And, and he had lights all over the place. He had those 12 foot long fluorescents, and he put these things up. No Boom, light. Dark. No, no light. Yeah. He, and in Havasu, it's 90 degrees all night. So you leave you need to show him. GarageDoorLighting.com because if he saw these lights, seriously, I'm stoked. I'll post a picture up on our uh, At Truck Show podcast, uh, Instagram, and Facebook so you guys can see the before and after. But also in GarageDoorLighting.com, there is a kind of like a little scroll picture where you can have the picture of the garage and you go between light and dark. And I've showed it to people. I said, look, you got to check this out. This is really cool. And they go, oh, that's not real. And I'm like, no, no, it's real. And then I go, here's the pictures on my phone that I took from my garage. And people are just blown away. I, I, the first night I installed it, every, I swear every guy in my neighborhood walking his dog came by and was like, whoa, what is that? What is that? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's- it's like It looks like a spaceship landing in there dude, or something? it's amazing. It, it looks like White Vegas in there. Graham, I got to know, and this is just me being a, a, a stupid entrepreneur- Sure. Uh, uh, how are you protecting yourself from the garage door manufacturers that are billion-dollar companies from just stealing your idea and, and implementing it and offering it at every Home Depot? So we are patented. We, we have a granted utility for our system. Excellent. And we have more patents pending as well. So we've been working diligently on that. How many lights, how many normal like incandescent lights am I, what's the comparison well, here? Well, the door, the system altogether puts out 14,400 lumens. I mean, that's crazy <laughs> amount of light. How many light bulbs would you have to, you know, normal light bulbs would you have to use to compare? Uh, roughly, if you were using 60 watt light bulbs, it'd be about 18 of them. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I'm telling you, it is so bright, but. Uh, you don't have to worry about the heat though, either with no. 18 light bulbs. Well, it's know? LED, so right. it runs nice and cool and, you know, they're low voltage. Oh, dude, it's, it's just an awesome setup. Got it. And also the meter running, because ours use about three tenths of a kilowatt hour. So at peak California rates, it's between 11 and 12 cents an hour to run. So you're which is pretty minimal. So what uh what are the pricing for your typical uh, double stall garage? The kits will work on two car garage doors, single car garage doors. You just cut down the application as you're putting them on, um, but it's the exact same components. Uh, right now they're retailing at uh, two ninety nine, and that includes uh, free shipping anywhere in the nation, including Alaska and Hawaii. Wow, nice. And that's plug and play with instructions and every bit of hardware you need. Simple hand tools. If you can turn a screwdriver and operate a drill, you can install the kit. Everything came to me in a box. I laid it out. The instructions were super easy to follow. An hour and a half later was about two in the afternoon, so I waited for about another seven stinking hours for the sun to go down <laughs> so that I can enjoy my lights. And Although, I, they, they, it sounds like they're bright enough to be able to, you, you can see them in the daylight. Dude, it, it's absolutely bright enough. And it's funny, uh, the day I installed it, uh, we got my wife a new car. And so it was so funny because her new shiny wax, you know, fresh from the dealership cars in the garage. Right. And the garage door goes up and these lights come on and it looks like it's sitting in like a dealership showroom because it's so <laughs> bright. And it's like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of nice. I, I'm, I'm telling stupid. you. You're so stupid. I wanted to sit outside in a lawn chair, smoke a cigar and just look at the lights <laughs> emanating from my garage. That's how cool they are. This is cool. Well, dude, you're, you're headed for big success because I'm going to tell you that people are going to be checking out. It's garagedoorlighting.com, correct? And, Correct. And on okay. Facebook and Instagram, also at Garage Door Lighting. And we'll throw on at Truck Show Podcast. 
a uh, before and after of uh, of my garage, so you can get a sense for just what what the difference is because it's it's phenomenally. No, it's really different. just so you can gloat. Well, yeah, because my garage is way cooler than yours right now. Yeah, yeah mine is a single dude. I have a single car garage. I'm in one of those old craftsman homes in Long Beach. Yeah, and when yeah. it just started as a shoebox and then became one of those Frankenstein's, they kept growing and growing. But the, yeah. the, they never added onto the garage, so it's a single car garage. Sucks donkey balls. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> Although I do need light, I do I do work in there, despite what you say. Graham, you're you're the man. Congratulations on the invention and and your future success. We'll definitely help you promote this. Cannot wait to see what our uh, listeners think about this. Check out garagedoorlighting.com and check out our social page at Truck Show Podcast and uh, give us some feedback and give Graham some love over there at uh, at Link. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it. All right. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Holman, there's got to be news uh, in the truck world. Can we have some What's New Trucks? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh. All now, right. is that is that too yuckster? No way. Too morning that's, zoo? No, that's fun. Okay, that is fun. That is fun. I, I guarantee you there's somebody who's driving right now going, uh, with I'm us. I'm very self-conscious now because of that email. I, I know. I don't know why it got to me. Uh. I just hate those morning zoo shows. Right. <sighs> You're seriously let me, bothered. Well, let, let's move on. Give me some <laughs> truck news. All right, check this out. So the 2019 Ford F-150 Limited, which is Ford's top, top, top of the line F-150, right? Like that's the massaging seats and is that above? That's above a platinum, or do they not have a platinum? No, this is the highest grade above everything. Why did I think that platinum was? This was introduced about two years ago as their top dog truck. Okay. Um, Here's what's crazy. And by the way, the Platinum is the top dog, I believe, in the Super Duty lineup. Oh yeah. This is half ton F-150. They decided that they're throwing the Raptor engine in that truck. Excuse me? So it's the same 3.5 liter EcoBoost, 450 horse, 510 torque, but they're putting it in the luxury version of the F-150. So check this out. Oh my Lord. No 35 inch tires. You're talking about street tires. So dude, how much fun is that thing going to be? So wait though, what about the suspension? Same F-150 suspension? So it's your normal F-150. It's not an off-road truck. It's your luxury pickup. So it looks just like the high-level limited it always has, but you're getting 75 more horsepower and 30 more pound-feet of torque than the 2018 limited with the standard one. But hmm, now you're torn. Do you get the Raptor or do you get the limited and then you you dress up the suspension? Or you're just not an off-road guy and you just want a luxurious pickup truck and you've got... The most powerful engine in the half-ton market. No, I think you're uh, an off-road guy. I'm an off-road guy, but for sure, I would <laughs> stick with the Raptor, but that's me. But, uh, dude, this thing has got a romp. So if you think about the 6.2 in the uh, Chevy Silverado's 425 horsepower and 450 pound-feet of torque, so it just murders it on torque um, and 25 more horsepower than the Chevy. The 2019 Ram with the Hemi 5.7 is 395, 410, so 100 pound-feet of torque more wow. than the Ram. Um and then I just, I'm just, I'm blown away. And it's got those really cool dual exhausts coming out the back. So it's just, I just can't wait to drive that truck in street trim, 22 inch wheels. I mean, it's it's sort kind of like of a the, sleeper, very much a sleeper. Could you imagine? It just looks like Grandpa's F-150, although maybe a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> 22s. I don't. Know, does Grandpa have 22s anymore? No, he does okay, not. Okay, he does have 22s. But you see an F-150, a nice limited pulls up next to you. And then blows doors. Blows you freaking <laughs> away. Because the Raptor's not slow by any means. Right. So now you take out 
all of the unsprung weight and extra, you know, suspension components and body work and big tires. Dude. Screamer. Dude, I, I bet the zero to 60 is probably, it's got to be in the five. Is there any tuning on that thing yet? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. I have not heard of anyone tuning that truck. No, that's a good point. I have no idea. A lot of tuning on, you know, on the diesels, but yeah. not- Not a whole lot on the EcoBoost. And then some uh, some sad news from the uh, automotive world. Sergio Marchioni, who's the uh, CEO of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, he uh, basically Fiat bought Ram and Jeep and all those great brands and then brought them back to life after Daimler had kind of gutted them. Uh, if you remember, trucks and cars from them from the mid-2000s just got awful interiors and the quality wasn't very good versus what they have now, which are some pretty phenomenal vehicles. Uh, he passed away after a short illness. Uh, and so- What was the illness? Do we know? Uh, he had surgery and then had complications. And I'm not 100% uh. sure what it was, but they weren't expecting it. Yeah. So uh, the board of directors met in an emergency session and appointed Mike Manley, who we know as the head of Ram and Jeep, to uh, be the new CEO of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. That right? is A, a heavy position, and B, yeah. congrats to Mike. That yeah, I is, know. But I mean, that's where the growth has been in that company. You yeah. look at Jeep and look at Ram. Sergio I mean, has Exponential done, growth. Yeah. Sergio did a great job. Obviously, during that, that reign, they, he bought Ducati bikes and Ferrari and brought all those into the fold. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the company now with, uh, with a different vision and somebody running it. But really sad news because Sergio was always known as the uh, sweater-wearing executive, uh, <laughs> but an incredibly smart and talented guy and I know loved by a, a lot of our friends over at, uh, at the Chrysler brand. So sad, sad to see that happen. Uh, in different news, uh, North American International Auto Show in Detroit moving from winter to summer. Yay! Wait, what? So it's always, it's always in January, yeah, right? Yeah, so why the move? None of us love covering it because it's freaking <laughs> snow and cold. They're going to turn into an outdoor summer festival of cars, basically, in uh, in Detroit when it's nice. And so June, I think, of 2020 will be the first show where it's in the summer season. Okay. So uh, I, I know it doesn't matter to a lot of people out there. Totally stoked as a journalist. I don't have to go to Detroit in winter. What show is the definitive car show? For new debuts. Okay, so there's basically four big ones. Well, five in the truck world. So you have sort of barely edging in right now is the Texas State Fair. Has a pretty great auto show, uh, usually truck-centric. And they are debuting there at uh, the Texas State yeah, Fair? Yeah, they usually have something they're debuting there. That's just happened the last couple of years where they've been important. Um, Los Angeles is a big auto show. That's usually the November time frame, but that's started to be really eco and technology. Chicago Auto Show has always been known as a truck show, but again... Not huge truck news the last few years. And then New York is usually crossovers, all-wheel drives, things like that. So Detroit has always been like the big truck show where, where most of the companies go to make truck news. So it'll be interesting because now you're moving at six months opposite. So it'll be interesting to see where now the truck news lands. Does it land at L.A. earlier or Chicago later? Who knows? And internationally, big uh, show. Is it Geneva? Uh, Geneva, there's Tokyo, um, but none of them are really truck shows. Oh, no, I get it. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, now I'm, I'm just curious. What is the single most important automotive show in the world. In the world, probably Geneva. Geneva. Although okay. you could you could argue, you know, that there are some other ones, but Geneva tends to be the big draw. And why is that? Because and the reason I asked is I kind of knew the answer because I saw a blurb the other night on I don't know it was Discovery or somewhere. And they were talking about Geneva being so important. And I was like, why? Is it I'm, I'm not sure why. Uh, probably because it's central to Europe and everybody can get there and and you know Europe is sort of the so many automotive manufacturers. It's very are there. affluent area, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. All right. So one last thing: mid-sized truck market is blowing up right now. Yeah. Last episode we had Chad Calendar from Ford talk about the all-new Ranger coming out. You've got the Chevy ZR2, like the one sitting outside our studio. You've got the Nissan Frontier, obviously the always hot Toyota Tacoma. 
Uh, and one of the things we talked about with Chad last time was that the manufacturer said there was no market, and that's why they all left in the mid two or the late two thousands. Right. And my whole point was, no, there is a market. It's just no compelling product because it was abandoned. And now that product is starting to flow in, guess what? Numbers are up. So um, the last time we looked at the midsize versus full-size pickup truck sales breakdown, it was 18% midsize and 82% full-size. Well, for the first half of 2018, it sounds like the midsize truck market is now 20% year over year and has sold 259,000 units so far this year. Holy what the what? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty interesting. So from January to June, um, of course, it's the Toyota Tacoma with 116,000 of them sold just through the first half of the year. That's 23% year-over-year increase and 45% of the mid-sized truck market. Oh, my Lord. So the Tacoma is just absolutely running away with it. Why? Why? It's just that's the stalwart. You know, that's the one that's always been there. Um, interestingly enough, second place is the Chevy Colorado with 69,000 units. So a significant that, difference. Yeah, it's huge for just pulling a, a truck out of thin air a couple years ago. But it's 39% year over year, and it now has 27% of the 2018 market share, up from 23% last year. So it's, it's so growing. Stoked, yeah. yeah, people are starting to figure out that the Colorado's out there, and that's it's a great truck. Can you guess what third is? For mid-sized truck. Huh. Is it a Nissan product? It is a Nissan. Frontier? So check this out. The Nissan Frontier sold 41,000 units already for the first half for a 10% increase year over year. And they actually have 16% of the mid-sized market with the oldest truck that's out there. No kidding. It's a, you know, like we talked about before, it's a, it's affordable, right. it's durable, and it's still a great little truck. So that's number three. And then followed by the GMC Canyon, which sold 16,000. And that's also up 13% year over year and own 6%. So everybody in the midsize truck market, if you've got a midsize truck right now, you're seeing growth, which is awesome because I, I happen to think it's one of the best categories out there in the truck world. So the GMC Canyon has 6% of the market share. So can you guess what the fifth best-selling truck fifth is? best-selling midsize, mid-size truck. truck is a... Do you want a hint? N- no, I don't want a hint. Is a... Honda Ridgeline. It is. No way. <laughs> no, it's not. Which is funny. It sold 14,988, so almost 15,000 units. <laughs> so 15,000 of you totally joking. bought a Honda Ridgeline. You people are but assholes. I don't think that's a truck. <laughs> no, it's not a truck. I think it's a pilot SUT. Hey, you people that drove, uh, that, that own Honda Ridgelines, <laughs> you. <laughs> not a truck. It's a minivan with no. a dirty cargo space, yeah. right? Like, Shut up. Pilot SUT. Anyway. They consider that a mid-sized truck. I'm not feeling it. I'd rather have a Nissan Frontier any day of the week or any of these other great That's trucks a on Civic here. Civic 12 inches off the ground. It might be a Civic 4 inches <laughs> off the ground. Not a truck. Okay, so I'm happy that we are not a morning zoo, and I'm even happier that we don't drive on the ridge line. <laughs> Email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And don't forget to uh, log on to our socials at Truck Show Podcast. And thanks to Nissan, our presenting sponsor of the Truck Show. Because we love Zam. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to sneak that in one more time. I couldn't help myself. <laughs>